Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so joining us today is a physician, coach and best-selling author of Get the Respect You Deserve. With a unique blend of expertise in medicine, psychology and corporate consulting, my guest helps high-achieving professionals cultivate successful careers, healthy habits and relationships and provides valuable insights and strategies for individuals and couples to improve their communication, build healthier relationships and achieve their desired results in both personal and professional areas. Welcome to the show, all the way from New York, Dr. Veronica Anderson. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I really appreciate that you invited me. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. That was a very brief introduction um, to who you are and what you do. So could you just share with the listeners a bit more about yourself, please? Sure. Well, I started out my professional career as a physician. As you know, I was an eye surgeon, an ophthalmologist, and I actually started my own practice from patient zero, built it up to double digit thousands, and then I crashed and burned. <laughs> okay. okay. I burnt out. One of the important pieces to know, though, um, for people who are evaluating themselves in a relationships is back when I was an eye doctor, I was on my first national TV show mm-hmm. on cable, very popular show. I'm not going to mention any names because people feel different ways about different shows okay. and didn't have the flame that the things didn't have the flame that they did back then. Right. I was an ophthalmologist and on the show, I was cast as a relationship expert. <laughs> so <laughs> even I was in my office yeah. around seeing patients. I was helping people and thinking about relationships, romantic relationships, but always just relationships with people. Okay. Mm. Now, as an ophthalmologist, I loved, I loved dealing and helping my patients. I hated the business of medicine, Mm -hmm. but also just running around all day, every day was not my particular energy. And I didn't know this back then. So even though I had a successful career and lots of following, I ended up crashing and burning. I got depressed. I got what they call compassion fatigue. I burned out. I had post-traumatic stress disorder, which you think only people that went to go to war have those things. And now we know that people outside of wars suffer these type of things. And that's what happened to me. Through the depression, I ended up with a wonderful psychologist who happened to also be a minister and a a psychology teacher. She was a professor on two different levels and basically told me, don't be so quick to get over this depression. Now I'm going to tell you that's what happened. Cause people will be like, what do you mean? Don't be so quick. Cause we all want to rush into everything these days. Don't we? (laughs) Um, He was like, there can be lessons you can learn from this. I was reading dark nights of the soul about people who their depression fueled, their creativity and parts of their life. And I got to tell you, that's what happened to me, even though it didn't feel like it then, because it is 
before I was, I had a major clinical depression. I was going to the psychologist's office twice a week. I felt it was difficult just to get from visit to visit. And I was surprised when the sun came up in the morning. That's how bad I felt. And I'm sure there are people like that, but here I am not like that now mm -hmm. to tell the story about that. And that after I came through that, I was able to, I let go of everything I had before. I let go. I left my marriage. I left my medical practice. I left my religion. I left that all behind and had a deep seat feeling of abandonment, like mm -hmm. we're always fearful of, and ended up admitting, mm -hmm. <laughs> admitting um, that I have these abilities as a clairvoyant, as a psychic, as an intuitive, which I didn't ever want to speak or say. Okay. And um, also ended up coaching other people because I was helping people with their health mm -hmm. because medical intuitive ability. Yeah. And I also was trained. I ended up training because, you know, doctors, we like to get certifications and things. I ended up training in functional medicine, integrative medicine, homeopathy. And through all that, started doing more spiritual coaching and relationship coaching than actually physical health coaching or anything else. So mm -hmm. this is how I ended up here yeah. um, in, in as a relationship guide. I say, you know, I'm a relationship guide and coach. Um, but in addition, the tools that I use help people in professional circumstances mm -hmm. build high-performing teams because we need to know about ourselves okay. in order to understand other people. And that includes both work and play. And so I, right. this is how I end up where I am today. Yeah, fascinating story of the, the changes. Uh, but it took the depression. You, do, you kind of really needed to hit rock bottom before you realized that you know, I guess on the outside, your life were kind of picture perfect type thing. Yeah, you've, you're so successful. You've got this marriage, you've got this career. But actually on the inside, it was it was tearing you to pieces. It was. And, you know, when I talk about leaving my marriage, a lot of people in um, relationships have these horrible stories that they want to tell. Mm -hmm. He cheated, he beat me, he was a narcissist. I, I don't have that same story at yeah. all. Mm -hmm. And so there's somebody who's listening today, and the reason why they're listening is because they're feeling this pull and they're like, what should I do? And because I was having that pull inside to do something else, to be something else, to be who I really was, yeah. depressing to me, that's what was depressing, that I felt like I wasn't living the life that I was supposed to live, yet on the outside, houses, cars, diamonds first, success, mm -hmm. you know, husband mm -hmm. that's a nice guy, he still is a nice guy. Um, all the things that you say that you want in life, I actually had, mm. but I was not on my master path in life for where I was supposed to be actually going. Mm. Yet, all that phase was instrumental to where I am now. So you understand that whatever you've gone through in your life, in your relationships, what's it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be. And then you have to do one of two things. A lot of people go one way, either you're going to be bitter and you're going to keep telling that victim story mm -hmm. or you're going to be better and you're going to become a creator. So it's not, it's victim or a creator. And I decided, and I always knew that I wanted to be a creator, even when I didn't know what those words were. Now you're always a creator. I created all the stuff that was happening in my life, yeah. the beautiful and the not so beautiful. Yeah. 
But when you come from the victim mentality, you want to push everything outside of you. But there was that one day mm. that I read this book called Real Love. It was by a doctor, is by a doctor. And it said, if you're unhappy, it's you that's the problem. And I knew that was that was true. I knew that was true. Now, there's somebody listening here who's like, how dare you say that? <laughs> right? They're triggered right now. It's all him. It's my mom's fault. It's my dad's fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. Yeah. You're listening because you know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> and that seems I like I like you can either be bitter or better. I like I like that. I'm gonna I might have to steal that one. <laughs> one uh, letter difference, right? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. But makes a whole heap of difference to which direction your life goes in and what your outcomes are. Yes, it's true. Yeah. That is really interesting, isn't it? That that is the, one of the hardest things to do. I think is just to look at yourself and go actually there is one common denominator in all of these issues and that one common denominator is me. So what is it about me that might be creating these circumstances? And and that's very hard. And um, in the, when I work with people, I came up with a method called the respect method. And mm -hmm. every letter means a part of the steps that people go through. And R is for reflect, mm -hmm. take radical responsibility. That's the that's when you're going to look in the mirror and say, I'm the common denominator. I'm responsible for creating everything that happened, everything that happened here. Mm -hmm. Here's where I am. You have to know where you are to figure out where you're going. Think about now we all use ways, <laughs> right? You have to put in your starting point before you can go to the destination. Yeah. So reflecting and realizing I'm here, I put myself here, mm -hmm. really is an empowerment, taking back your power, admitting what your power is. And sometimes it's ugly because your power created something that you do not want. Mm -hmm. But in order to figure out, and you know, based on law of attraction, you can't just talk about what you don't want. You have to talk about what you do want. But yeah. everything's already here. It's on the same continuum. Mm -hmm. So you have to know, here's a lot of times we have to say, I don't want this, but what is the opposite? I want that. Mm -hmm. So now I can begin to create exactly what I want yeah. in my job, in my relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's one of the key things to my actual one of my coaching programs is actually having a want list because, like you said, surprisingly, how many people say, "Okay, so what do you you know what do you want from this coaching? How, how what kind of relationship are you looking for?" And I go, "Well, I don't want that, and I don't want this, and I don't want them to be able to do this, and I don't want to experience that anymore." And I'm like, "But this is everything you're manifesting. You're manifesting everything that you don't want because you keep focusing on everything that you don't want." And what's interesting to me is I always start people saying, what is it that you really want? And most people are like, silence, usually. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's an interesting question. I've never really and thought about that. Give, <laughs> and then they give, obviously, they haven't put a lot of thought into creating what they want because they'll say communication, common interest, a sense of, they'll, they'll give you all the cliche answers communication mm -hmm. what what exactly does communication mean to you if on a day-to-day -day basis you are communicating describe that to me and people have a hard time doing this mm -hmm. so one of the pieces is important is clarity about what and specificity mm -hmm. about exactly what you do want and that's where you're going to start with that reflecting yeah definitely 
Um, and with the the stuff you said that you bring your spiritual stuff into this as well, you help. Can you tell people a little bit more about actually how you help people then? So you bring this in together. So you help people in both their professional and personal lives. What kind yes. of thing do you do to help people to yes. gain this? And so I'm going to spit forward. So R is for the reflect. E oh, is yeah, for we elevating, we? Your, elevating your beliefs or, you know, evaluating your beliefs. That's the E. And so you got to figure out, okay, what is it that I really believe or don't believe in? Why? You have to figure out, well, why? Like you think about it. We are in different places from different cultures and we have a belief system based on our time and place and our culture and our walk in life. So you have mm -hmm. to evaluate all that. But S is for surrender to your spirit. And this is when it gets to the point where you have to know who you are. And this is where we get deep into the tools of how do you know that? So there are three pieces that are very important in knowing who you are. Number one is called imprinting. Number two is instinct. Number three is intuition. Now, imprinting is when you are between the ages of zero and seven, some people say up to 11, basically, you don't, you're not thinking consciously. You have your unconscious mind there and everything's being put on you into your unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. and so the way you think, feel, and everything is being told to you by everybody and everything else and all your surroundings. So mm -hmm. your family, your culture, all that stuff is just being seeped onto you. Yeah. So think about anything that you're like saying, well, why am I like my mother? Why am I like my father? Why do I feel this way? Why am I attracted to this person? A lot of times you are attracted to a particular person because it was imprinted on you because that was what was around you. And this is what creates ongoing dysfunction in families. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can break out of this though. This, there's, there's always hope. So I want to say that there's imprinting. Mm -hmm. There's instinct. And this is when I give people what's called a Colby, K-O-L-B-E index. Okay. And this tests your instincts and your instincts is how you actually take action. Now, there are three parts of the brain. There's your cognitive brain, which mm -hmm. is your reasoning and your thinking and your intelligence. What we celebrate in Western culture and we think high intellect, everything's taken care of. That's not that's only one part of your brain. Then the second part of your brain is the affective brain. And the affective brain is your emotions, your personality. Think about DISC tests or the common the corporate way of testing these type of things. Yeah. So there's your emotion, personality. But there's this third part of the brain that's rarely talked about called conative. And that is the volitional or voluntary or how you do. So think thinking, feeling, Doing, taking action. What are your natural way of doing things? And mm -hmm. we find, and we were talking about this before, I was saying, yeah. I'm what's called a quick start. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's different types. There's four types. There's a fact finder, wants a lot of data, 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 data. Always got to know more, no more, no more. They can't get enough information. And this person could be difficult to enter a relationship or make a commitment because they mm -hmm. never feel like they have enough information and they yeah. never will. Yeah. That's the way they do. Right. Then there's the fact finder who organizes everything. And this is a person who may be a great master of ceremonies because they know how to organize and put things together, but their whole life is meant to organize. And that's mm -hmm. called a follow through. Okay. The third type is called a quick start. And the quick start, quick start means it's how you take 
risk, how you deal with risk. Right. So use a quick start. I'm a nine on a scale from one to 10. Right. I like to jump off the ledge. Yeah. I like to do and then ask questions. So you're not uh, risk averse at all, really. In a lot uh, of yeah. Us quick starts, a lot of us are entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, you will find very high quick starts and entrepreneurs. We're always looking for an innovative solution. Whenever it comes to doing anything, we are going to look for what is the innovative solution. Mm -hmm. We are the people who have the shiny bright object syndrome. <laughs> uh, and we need other people in our life who are on the other end. Like, for instance, my husband's a three. Those are people who maintain and restore. So he's able to see really well what's good and keep help us keep what's the good. Because somebody who's like that, we're going to throw out everything. Yeah, it's yeah. like, that's bad. Go on to the new thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's all these, there's, there's, and then there's what's called an implementer. And the implementer is a high implementer is somebody who actually gets things put together. It's very physical. And so if you didn't have an implementer, nothing would ever really get done because things would never get put together and the right. projects would never get finished. Okay. So this plays out in teams and work and you want all types on the team. There are 12 areas when you look at it. You mm -hmm. want all these types on the team to create team synergy. You don't want all quick starts because we'll never get anything done. You don't mm -hmm. want all facts finders. They'll get all analysis paralysis. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But think about how this also plays out in relationships yeah, that are personal. What happens yeah. in that is when there are differences, you're like, batting heads, right? My husband's like, you're so impulsive, okay? And I'm like, yeah. you always got to have everything like, you know, done exactly a particular type of way before you can do things up. Yeah. So he would think that I'm sloppy and I'm thinking that he's too meticulous, but we understand these things about each other now and understand we were born that way. This is a part of the brain. It's been shown in research. You're born that way. Now, how do we maximize our differences so that we can live in harmony? Okay. Empathy mm -hmm. towards ourselves. I understand my quick start. I understand when I'm working on a team, I'm supposed to innovate. You all can do everything else. Understanding that, you know, stay where you're most talented. Mm -hmm. In the relationship, when it comes time to thinking out what the next thing is to do, I'm going to be the one to think out what the next thing is to do. I'm going to say, hey, hun, what do you think about this? And he's going to say, uh, uh, and then he may figure out a plan to get it in action. So this is how you can work. Think about planning a vacation, how you deal with money. All this plays out in relationships. Yeah. So that's the Colby with instinct. Right. Let's talk about this thing I call intuition. And this is really about trusting yourself. And what I use for that is human design. And human design is an energetic system which brings together the natal chart, I Ching, quantum neutrinos, um, and the Kabbalah and chakra system, and comes up with this beautiful, what we call a body grab, a picture of your spiritual DNA. Okay. And there are five types there. And when you start looking at the different types, then you start understanding your purpose and destiny, but also how you interact in relationships with mm -hmm. different people. So what I do with couples is I take their design and I put it together with their partner's design or potential partner's design and say, okay, here's what you look like as a being together, because there's you, there's him, her, or you know, if you're in a, a same-sex couple, the other person, 
when you put it together, there's a completely different being formed. Mm. Purpose and destiny in the relationship is different than your individual purpose and destiny. Yeah. Why you're attracted to certain people is also in this chart. So I'm going to give you a, a an example you're going to love. Okay. Um, the whole world knows these people, and that's why I love to use them as an example. I'm going to use King Charles. Okay. So King Charles had Diana and has Camilla. Mm-hmm. King Charles, energetically, when you put him together with Diana, they're what's called a nine couple. They fill each other energetically for one respect. And you say, well, that's a good thing. Yes. When you look at their energetic ties for really staying together, though, there are very few of them. Right. So if you look at this, you're like, wow, there's only one, you know, one of those sizzle, let's call those sizzle energetic channels that's going on. And there's a lot of compromise when you look at them together, even though they do feel feel each other's energetic needs. But what else is going on? What about Camilla? Well, Camilla, Queen Camilla, King Charles at this point, Mm -hmm. are a 9-0 couple also. But you see that they're stronger from a spiritual energetic point because they have like, I want to say five to seven, I have to look at the chart again, of these energetic ties that pull them together, that pace them together. And when you look at compromise versus friendship versus all the other channels, they have a nice mix. So it's not all compromise. There's a lot of friendship and you know things that go together that pace them together. Right. So if just on a spiritual standpoint, you look at which is the couple that's going to serve each other's needs the best. From a spiritual standpoint, you will definitely put Charles and Camilla together over um, Charles and Diana. Right. Okay. Now, this has nothing to do with their personality mm-hmm. at all. It has nothing to do with who I like and who I does, don't like. One thing to say about Diana is she's energetically what's called a projector. I'm a projector also. It's 20% of the population about unusual. 70% are what are called generators. She's like outside. And these are people that just have what's called a way of being. Mm-hmm. Their aura is magnetic. They don't have to do anything for you to be attracted to them. And think about how Diana was like that. Mm. Now, Camilla is not that type. She's not, not that type. Yeah. You don't feel the same way energetically towards her. Yeah. Right? Because we're all sensing this. Mm. Let me tell you another projector with that way of being, also from your, the world knows over, Queen Elizabeth. Think about her. How often did you even hear her speak? Mm. You just wanted to watch her and looked at her. And there was something about her that made you like her. That's the her particular spiritual energy as a projector. And so right. I'm just going to mention very quickly all the types. And this is something, if you want to get more information, when people come to my site and get a human design, I don't just give them the design. I give them videos about human design and about their type. Right. So there's what's called a generator. There's a manifesting generator, a projector. Those are the five types. And you can divide them into two, basically. The energy types are generators, the generator, manifesting generator. They have the vital life force, the sacral energy. They're the people who keep the society going because they thrive in their work. And then you have the what are called the non-energy types, the projectors, the manifestors, the reflectors, That's only 30% of the population, but they're not meant to do the work. They have other 
callings. The manifester is an initiative. The reflector tends to be an advisor because they're mirroring everything else out there that's going on. Great right. person to have your team. And then the projector, who is the wait for the invitation, wait for the recommendation, is the wise guide. And so it's it's interesting to think of yourself and your purpose and destiny based on what is your spiritual DNA. And once you learn what your type is, then you start understanding, I'm made this way, I'm not going to change. My instinct is this way, my spiritual design is this way, but mm -hmm. you know what? All those other people out there, and let's focus in on that person you're in a romantic entanglement with, they're different from an instinct and a spiritual perspective. So for instance, like my husband, I'm a projector, he's a manifesting mm -hmm. generator, we operate different from a spiritual perspective. Okay. We have different purposes and destiny from a spiritual right. perspective. I mean, that's all, that's all very fascinating. Isn't it? And if you, when you're looking for someone to have a relationship, we're knowing this about yourself and where you come from and what, how you can have the in-depth knowledge about yourself and what you're the, um, then probably what you're going to look for in somebody else that's going to complement that. Is that. That would be a fascinating thing to discover. Yes. And you're not going to necessarily look and say, oh, I'm going to look for this type or this instincts type or anything like that. What you're going to do is see when you're in a relation with somebody, it's about understanding how you land with them and they land with you. You're going to know what your areas of strengths are, what their areas of strengths are, what your areas of vulnerability are, theirs. And then when you look at you two as a couple, you're going to see what's going to work really well for us and what are going to be some of the areas of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So it's not meant to say, oh my God, they're an X and I don't want to be with that type. No, this is meant for you. Everybody that you come across is in your soul journey and meant to teach you something. And your romantic relationship is the closest thing in. And so it's going to be a crucible. That's the nature of it. Mm -hmm. So this these are tools. The surrender to your spirit is the tool for you to be able to understand who you are and help you understand who they are too. So you don't get all like mad. And here's the big piece about it. In relationships, 90% of people, more probably, uh, probably 95%, because most people just haven't been on this, let's talk spiritual growth type path, personal growth, want to change the other person. <laughs> okay. So- I'm going to use that to jump down on the respect method because the next thing is pause. Right. P, which means take some time and space for yourself and stop doing what doesn't work. Take a break, assess where you are, mm -hmm. stop for a second. Now, there are a lot of people who get paralyzed in the stop phase in relationships. They think, I've done so bad, I'm just going to stop being in relationships. And that's going to be the answer. Yeah. But how do you learn? You learn by experience and doing. Now, if you haven't, if you don't have a coach or a therapist, then you need to stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because you're not going to have you've reached your ceiling of knowing how to fix things yeah. and you need other guidance. So people get paralyzed here thinking that I'm just going to get another person or I'm just not going to do it at all. And yeah. somehow it's going to fix it. Doesn't mm -hmm. fix it. So the next thing is you want to keep moving on. And so E the second is for elevate your energy. Mm -hmm. And this is when you realize where is my level of emotion and consciousness 
I use the level of consciousness by Dr. Hawkins in this. And you want to figure out how do I let go of those low vibrations, those low energy so I can get higher. Mm. And that shame, that guilt, that fear. Mm. People have fear. So for instance, we were talking about this a little bit. One of the fears is shows up as people pleasing. Mm -hmm. There's the type of person that is a people pleaser. Mm. Um, and there's this other type of person, they don't trust anybody because they don't trust anybody except themselves because they've done everything well. These are two of the more common types. The most common type is the people pleaser. How do I know that, Dr. Veronica? Dr. Veronica knows this because I have a relationship quiz where people can find out where they fit on this scale. Um, it takes about five minutes and you can find out you're a people pleaser or you're what's called a superwoman or a superman, you do too much because you don't trust anybody else, mm -hmm. or you're doing it because you want to make sure that people accept you. But then there's those other three types of less common who they go towards chemistry, they go towards adrenaline, or they go towards the prince charming or the princess because they want somebody who's perfect all the time. So nobody's ever good enough. Those right. other three types, they tend to be the people who are chronically single because <laughs> they, never can, they can't keep the chemistry going. Yeah, they yeah. can't keep the adrenaline rush going yeah. or no one ever meets their fantasy. And so they yeah. say, I'm not compromising. And yeah. they keep looking for the princes or the prince yeah. charming, which of course nobody is. No, okay? Nothing ever so, home, does it? Never, never. <laughs> they aren't either, but of course they don't realize that yeah. they aren't. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you can test yourself and find out where you are. The thing is, after you do that, you want to say, well, what are you going to do about it? So when you take an assessment, it's not, you don't just say, huh, that's, yeah, that's who I am. Okay. Everybody's going to have to deal with it. It's, uh, this is a starting point for you to be able to take action, to be able to get different results. Okay. Yeah. So then C is for commit to your values right. and your boundaries. And so you have to know who you are and what your belief system is to even articulate what your values are. Yeah. And if you don't know what your values are, then you're not going to be effective at setting boundaries. And so many of us have boundaries that move around or we don't know what they are. We say somebody crossed it, but we can't even say what that is. Yeah. So this is when you actually verbalize and write and really think about, and I give people lists about boundaries and values so they can have some words because you never thought about it, mm -hmm. where you say, yeah, these are the things that you whittle it down to. Here's my top 10. Here's my top five. Here's my top. Now, what does that look like as a boundary? How's that going to play out? So when something happens, you're able to say, that's a boundary. Mm -hmm. And okay, what happens when somebody crosses it? What are you going to do? You have to think and plan to be mm. able to do different. It's going to feel horrible. It's going to be horrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah most definitely. A lot of yeah. People pleasers, keeping a boundary is so very hard because they're that fear of abandonment and rejection. Mm. Now, then we get to the end of the respect method. And you got to realize when I say the end, that doesn't mean that you've gotten there to the destination. Because th there, there is no destination. Unfortunately. Oh, this is one of these things you're going to go popping backwards and forwards so each letter all the time, isn't it? You, you're going to have to go back and you know you're going to have to revisit what's my instinct, what's my human design, what are my values, where am I energetically? You're always going to have to go back to this. But T is for trust and take action. Right. 
So what is trust all about? It's understanding what your gut reaction, instincts, and everything are, and trusting you and not something outside of you. This is when, in order to really trust yourself, mm. you do have to let go of fear. And we all have these different fears and you have to identify what they are to be able to let go of it. But what I do with my clients is I specifically help them figure out using their human design, where can they assess energy and instincts and all this? Like where, like when you meet somebody, where is this coming from in you from a spiritual standpoint? Because it's different in everybody. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to use that to assess people and situations. And I give them examples and, and cases and um, exercises to be able to do this in a safe environment with me so they understand what their particular intuition feels like and shows up as. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, I say I'm an intuitive, but what does that really mean? It means that in my spiritual world mind, and by the way, intuition is part of the brain in the temporal lobe. So there's science behind all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, I know anybody who's here who's listening, who's a fact finder, I am not giving it deep enough. You know that. <laughs> yeah. right, they're they're going to need to go. And we do don't, we don't have the time. For that. Right? I'm not going deep enough fact finder, but that's why you want to reach out fact finder. If I'll reach out so we can give you deeper information and I can tell you where to go look so that you can do your study and everything like that. You're not getting it on this show. Okay. But when you learn what your particular intuition feels like, like for instance, as somebody who my strongest intuitive sense is clairvoyant, things show up to me in pictures, just like a movie. Okay. And information shows up like that, but you may hear something, see something, get a particular feeling in your body, you know, taste something you may get your intuition may pop into you in a different way. And you need to have a way to prove to yourself that it's reliable. Mm. Once you know that it's reliable and what it feels like, it becomes much easier for you to trust you. So that is an important exercise, but you have to know who you are before we can get to the point of, okay, how do you actually trust yourself? Yeah, that's a major thing, isn't it? When it comes to finding the, the right types of relationships is to trust yourself, because if you don't trust yourself, you're going to end up making the similar types of decisions that you've always made to prove to yourself that you can't be trusted. Yeah, but you have to trust yourself knowing if you've been in relationships that have worked not well, that there's this thing out there called imprinting mm -hmm. and you have to learn how to trust yourself to understand, am I liking this person because they energetically feel like somebody in my past life? And even though that relationship or person was dysfunctional, I'm comfortable with it. Because yeah. something different is going to feel uncomfortable and unsafe, even though it's better for you. Mm. So when you start learning how to trust yourself, you really got to be able to know the difference between those two. So you see why it's important to go through all this. But the piece about trust really is being able to take action in the absence of evidence. <laughs> okay. That's what trust and faith are. Being able to move forward when you don't have all the information that you particularly need and you're 
gut instinct is going to tell you when to do that. Mm -hmm. And you need to understand how to do it. Now, if we go back to design for somebody who's a generator, they're going to ask themselves, is this good? Yes. Is this, or you're going to ask yourself yes or no questions. Anybody who's a non-energy type, the 30% out there, they're going to be asking themselves open-ended questions. They're going to be asking themselves, how do they feel about it? And what do they think of it? And things like that. So just based on your type, you're going to be checking your instinct different ways. And then you have a proven way <laughs> to actually move forward, right? So all that I'm saying, we all think relationships are just, they're natural and I can't change it. I'm just attracted <laughs> to that kind of person. That's, again, that's what we're taught though, isn't it? I mean, that's what we learn about relationships is we don't learn much about them at all. We we just do them. We There's no kind of someone doesn't sit you to, to the side and and know this stuff and yeah we're not going to really understand it when we're younger but to have an idea that we've got an options that these are the things that could affect the choices that we make that these are the things this is who we are as human beings and this is the kind of relationships we've already experienced and this is why we now might feel and do and and think the way that we are um i mean it's, it, it's something that really needs to be thought about in more detail doesn't it and and, and given out to people to because you know, as I've advocated all the time, relationships are a key to happiness. If you they don't are. have healthy relationships and fulfilling relationships, your life is never going to be as as good as it could be. Yes, um, and your relationships span just the whole the your whole world that you're living in. And so, when I talk about, I say job and relationships. Um, you have professional relationships mm -hmm. and you have personal relationships. And so, you, when somebody has they're well balanced and they're happy in their life. It's generally because they have balanced their professional relationships in a way that's working well for them and their personal relationships mm -hmm. in a way that's working well for them. And you have to realize that this is all dynamic. It's going to change from yesterday, today till tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so you have to have some kind of construct to think about it if it hasn't come naturally to you. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything you've, you've spoken about today. We haven't got a huge amount of time, but I'd like to find out a little bit more about your experience of relationships. Uh, there's, I believe, I mean, we when we previously had a, had a quick chat, you said there's a couple of interesting stories about your first marriage and how you met your current husband. Um, but the significance of kind of relationships to you uh, and the impact they've had on you, how, how what are, you know, are we, we're talking about relationships. So clearly I know how important relationships are to you. Um, by what you've already said but could you just sort of give us an idea about what your own experiences of relationships have been and how that's impacted on you yes and so as I explained a little bit about my first marriage um I married my my college sweetheart and we mm. met it was you know kind of storybook we met on the first day of freshman week going to college I went to Princeton and he was a Princeton guy too and mm -hmm. so think about it we're at this world famous university young smart people we didn't start dating at the beginning no but the first day I remember seeing him over there he saw me over there he said to the guy that was with him and he was a football player American football <laughs> he said that's the kind of woman that I'm going to marry <laughs> right look pointing to <laughs> me yeah. Um, and so at the end of graduating, we we started dating at the end of our freshman year. We we finally got together. Mm -hmm. But I realized in that relationship how I had basically molded myself to what I thought he would find pleasing. Okay. 
Because isn't that what we're taught to do, <laughs> especially as women? We find a guy we like, we do everything we can to be what we think that they want. Mm. And then you get to the point, this is what happened to me, that you realize that it doesn't feel good this way and I'm, I'm not happy. And you don't necessarily even know why you're not happy because I was never treated poorly or anything like that. Now he was who he was or he is who he is. And there were pieces of the way he is that weren't working for me, but I chose it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I did realize that I'm not supposed to go out and try to change someone. I, of course, in the beginning, when you realize something's not working, you want to change it. Mm. You want to change the person. But something made me realize that I, I'm not, he's not going to change, right? I got to the point, he's not going to change. Counseling, all he's not going to change yeah. because he's not supposed to, yeah. because he's being who he is. Yeah. And I'm the one who's not being who I am supposed to be. Yeah. And so this is why I was miserable and decided one day I walked in and blindsided him completely and said, I don't want to think, think I want to be married anymore. Right. I remember this is a black man who turned white. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought he was going to faint really yeah. um, because we had a life that was by all standards, beautiful with, yeah. you know, the normal, normal kind of issues that go through couples, but we even in church, taught in our marriage ministry and everything. We were quote unquote, the model. Yeah. It fell apart because I chose that I wanted to walk away. Cause I said, I I'm not happy. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't where I was. I, I had that, that real pull. It was supposed to be doing something else with somebody else, the whole thing. So yeah. here I am talking well, to I guess you. That's interesting as well, because the fact that you were going through the depression and everything you were going through at the time, the fact I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't, he didn't know at all that there was a problem, but the fact that he didn't realize that it was that bad. I I, I would call it masking a lot of the times. Um, also being part of a religious community where you do and say what you're supposed to, right. as opposed to what you really think and believe. Okay. And also the fear of that. When you, a lot of times you're in a religious community, there's fear that if you don't do it a certain way, you're going to burn in hell. And you don't have any other way of thinking or being or people around you to offer you different suggestions, solution and ways. Yeah. Or what I would call my truths, because obviously I don't feel like that, that this way I was walk, I was in a Christian community if that's working for you, wonderful. I mean, this is part of what we talk about under surrender to your spirit, under what works for you. If this is working for you, I want you to keep that. This is not about me trying to pull you out of anything or anything like that. I don't care what religion you are. You have to assess what your belief system is. That's evaluate your beliefs. And is it working for you? And if it's based on fear, it's not working for you. And that's hard to admit because- mm. You could be ostracized and you will be ostracized. And I was ostracized when you let go of saying, you're not going to fear me into thinking a certain way. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So that's a whole nother I, I, yeah. spiritual terrorism. That's a whole yeah. nother discussion yes, as well. That, that in the interesting about the depression and everything you were going through, you were living a very inauthentic you, weren't you at the time? From a from a standpoint, now I was living the how the, the the high life of wonderfulness of the some of that physical stuff. Oh, that's me. I love that. Yeah. 
some people will never walk away from that in any way because they they're they're so wedded to those things. Mm -hmm. which I did okay, um, but that I'm in my in my human design start. I have the gate of the queen. Okay, so I feel I always energetically feel that I'm supposed to be on that throne and live the life of being on the throne. That's who I am from an energetic standpoint. I'm going to say, I can't apologize for that because that's the way the universe made me. So part of that part of the life was it for me. But as far as living my purpose and destiny as an intuitive, as a coach, as a, you know, different type of being did not fit me authentically. And of course, you need to be on your spiritual master path to really feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do. Mm. And that was the problem there. Okay, awesome. And, and and I don't really want to cut you short, but I think we're going to have to have a conversation another time because there's so much more else we could fit into. The, um, and then that relationship finished and then you met your, your current husband, Yes. And um, the interesting story about my, meeting my current husband is um, many months before I met him, about 18 months before I met him in my journal, I wrote down, here's the law of attraction, mm -hmm. the qualities of my perfect partner in detail, in the positive. Right. Just sat and thought, and how did I get there though? I thought about my former husband, like I said, is a nice guy, but what was it that wasn't working for me and why in that relationship? And I put it in reverse and put it down there. Okay. So I really in very clear detail wrote down, like for instance, he's attractive to me. Now I didn't say he had to look a certain way, be a certain, attractive to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And all other types of things like that. Mm -hmm. And I put it away and I went to my friend told me to go to her psychic. And at this point I wasn't even admitting that I had these abilities or anything. And she was telling, she told me the guy I was dating at the time. He's not your cup of tea. And then she said, you're going to get married. And when she told me I was going to get married, it was in the next year. All right. Okay. I hadn't met him at the moment that I was having that psychic reading. She told me that next year I was going to get married. I was like, Huh? Now, everything else this lady told me was so spot on and accurate, but that was just confusing. Mm. Well, that was in October. On December 24th, I walk into a party. A friend invited me to a party at his house. He had also invited the man who would become my husband to the same party. And we were the two people there that were divorced. And I walk into this party, I look at this man, I say hello to everybody, but the first person I look at, I walk and I look at this man, he turns and he looks at me, we lock eyes. We go through the party, I'm dealing with other people. I'm not, this guy comes up to the table to me at dinner time when I'm serving myself and says, you should try that food right there, it's really tasty. Right here, I'm looking like I'm looking at you. He's talking to me, I don't even turn and look at him. I just say, thank you very much. Well. Fast forward the next month into January, I say to my friend, you've got to know a nice guy I can date. You have to. There's got to be somebody in your network. Yeah. And he was married. He said all his friends were married. He said, well, in fact, I do. And you met him at my party. And I didn't even remember what guy it was. And he called him up. He put us on the phone together. The next week we went on a date. Mm -hmm. Here we are. <laughs> now, I immediately when I met him energetically, 
he felt right. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know why we went on a date. We uh, In my mind, I was saying, he's a keeper. He's a keeper, right? Something about him was yeah. saying, we think about it. We didn't even know each other. But when we were together, we became that 9-0 couple. We energetically filled each other, not knowing what was happening. And him, before we before we went on this, this date or anything, he said to me, I just want to make it clear. I don't want to get married. There's a lot of women out there. That's what they want to do. I just want to be very upfront and honest with you. I've done that before. It didn't work. I didn't want to get married that time. Mm. So I said, fine with me. I've been married. I don't need to get married. We'll see each other when we see each other. When we don't, we don't. Cool. And we go on this date. And two weeks after our first date, he said to me, I'm going to make you my wife. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) This is the guy that said he didn't want to get married. And I'm, I'm freaking yeah. Although, you know, I'm freaking from a logical standpoint, knowing because I was dating other guys at the time. Everybody else went on the back burner. Mm. This guy was it. <laughs> okay. Um, and so when you're ready, the universe and you're clear, the universe will bring you the right relationship. And so you really need to make sure that you're right and you're vibrating in the right place so that you do attract the right person. Do but you, you know, understand maybe where you were in the party then? Because you kind of didn't even make eye contact when he when he tried tried maybe tried to chat. I did not, no, no, I did not understand at the party at all. Mm. In retrospect, I remember it. He remembers it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You like, I walk in, you remember those moments because something in your spirit cements them there. Mm. Until the rest of the story unfolded, I couldn't tell you this part of the story. I didn't know that's the one right there because people mm. think that's that it happens like that. Mm. But on the first date, I knew he was the one, even though I wasn't saying that way. <laughs> okay, and and there was something that he knew too, mm. and it's not something that's logical. It's not something that you can verbalize. We went out on a date in January. It was my birthday, January 20th. And we got married December 31st of that year. She told us that we were going to get married. And mm. think about it. So me, I was getting married. I met the guy about two months later. We started dating him in the next year we got married. Mm. So I love to tell this because it's a, it was a story of faith. Think about I used... The law of attraction was clear about it. I reflected, right? So how I came up with the respect method is I looked through what I went through and then I was working with other people and worked with them through these things. And I was like, here's what I did. It's exactly what I did. And I followed other uh, teachers about different things with relationships to figure out how I should put it. I set up my house mm. where I had, I have a two car garage. I never parked on the other side of the garage. <laughs> I my, oh my God. I got my closets ready. I had a woman closet and a man closet. There was nothing in that guy's closet. It was all built out by closet factory or whoever it was. Beautiful, dark wood for never put anything in that closet. I slept on the right side of my bed. You have to live it. You have mm. to, you have to make space for it. You know, there's a lot of people say, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm, you're busy. No relationships coming. Mm. You have to really believe that it is there for you. If you really desire it and live your life truly that way. Mm. So I'll tell you all the steps that went into creating this relationship. 
Awesome. Thank you very much. Dr. Ronald, I think it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, if people want to reach out, do your quiz, get in touch with you. How do they how do they do that? Very easy. DrVeronica.com, drveronica.com. There's a place on there where you can get a free human design. You can take the quiz. There's other tools that you can use on there. And of course, you know, book a conversation so we can talk about where you are and where you need to go. If you don't book a conversation with me, they need to book a conversation with you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. If, if as Dr. Ronica said earlier on, if you find that you're in a space where you think you've tried everything and it's just not working for you. It might be that you're not working in the right space and you need someone just to help you along. So if you want to reach out to even myself or Dr. Veronica, please do the links to get in touch with Dr. Veronica will be in the show notes. And can you leave our, our listeners with a, a favorite quote or some words of wisdom so even if they've not listened to anything at all that we've said today so far, um, that they can take something away with them uh, that's, that's significant to you that you think is going to be helpful. Learn how to trust yourself and then do it. Very succinct. That's it. So learn and do. I mean, what more could you, what more could you want to know? Once you learn and you do, then you get to the third part, which is just the B. It becomes a natural part of you. So as you're learning and doing, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's not going to feel right. But the only way you get there is to use those muscles. So mm. you learn it and you got to do it. And then you become it. Yeah. And I think that's the key, isn't it? It's, we can, uh, what they call it, call it shelf development. So you do all this self-development stuff and you never put it into use. <laughs> and it just becomes something that just sits there. And you wonder again, maybe why your life's never changing. <laughs> now but use your words, shelf <laughs> Thanks again. It's been absolutely fascinating talking to you again. We could have talked for hours, I think. But everything you've spoken about is fascinating today. Um, and hopefully people will have taken something away which they can implement and do straight away. Um, uh, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.